The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, Bourbon Heritage Festival ends, and that means Cigar Oktoberfest begins. As we celebrate the entire month of October, we celebrate brewskis, we celebrate beer, we celebrate lagers, we celebrate pilsners, we celebrate IPAs, we will celebrate everything in the world of beer, and of course, we'll pair it up with fantastic cigars as we unapologetically and unabashedly enjoy the alpha male lifestyle. We enjoy this time of year. We've got football. We've got beer. We've got bourbon. We've got cigars. And we've got a presidential election coming up. You didn't think I was going to start this show without mentioning the debate, did you? Not so fast. We will get to that, lieutenants, as we get ready to raise our beer steins and say... Cheers. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delectatio. Always pleasure. The Global Alpha front and center and the Global Five Star. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. And on today's show, we begin celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest. Next hour, we will spend up at the Shipyard Brewery up in Portland, Maine, 86 Newberry Street to be specific, as I had the magnificent opportunity to be hosted by Bruce Forsley, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Shipyard, a beer that started as a craft brewer, and they've grown. They've got nationwide distribution, and we'll be talking about one of their, probably their best, not probably, it is their best-selling specific beer, and it's appropriate for this time of year because it is hard to believe that in October we are looking at Halloween. And when you think of Halloween, you think of orange, you think of pumpkins, and their pumpkin beer is a very, very, their pumpkin head ale, their number one selling beer the entire year. So they have been gearing up with production. We'll talk with Bruce, take a tour, sample some of their great beers as we get into Cigar Oktoberfest. As always, lieutenants, if you care to follow me on social media, go to CigarDave.com, our fantastic website. We've got tons of content there. And you will see in the upper right-hand corner where you can follow me at Twitter, at, uh, at Facebook, Instagram. And this week during the debate, I was fast and furious in terms of tweeting. But before we do that, let me just tell you briefly about Oktoberfest, because we are celebrating Sagaden Oktoberfest. It is the world's largest Volksfest, not Volkswagenfest, Volksfest. That is a beer festival and traveling fair. 
held annually in München, Bavaria, in Deutschland, in Germany. It is a 16 to 18 day festival running from mid or late September to the first weekend in October. In fact, it ends Monday. It started this year, September 16th, and it ends on October 3rd. So Monday is the final day. So if you want to head out to München, get on a plane today, and you'll be able to catch it. And this is what I don't understand. Why do they not call Oktoberfest Septemberfest? Because the majority of it takes place in September. Shouldn't it be really in October? Now you know why we beat the Germans in World War II. Just saying. Now during Oktoberfest, the big festival in Bavaria, large quantities of Oktoberfest beer are consumed. On average, 8 million liters were served. That is a lot of brewski. They also have a wide variety of traditional foods, including Hendel, which is roast chicken, Schweinbraten, roast pork. You know, German is a very harsh, guttural language. Not like, I think I'm going to have a little bit of Schweinbraten. No, it's Schweinbraten. If you want some grilled ham hock, that is Schweinhacks. If you would like some grilled fish on a stick, it is Steckbachfisch. And if you would like some sausages, it is Würstel, along with Bresen, which is pretzels, nodal, potato or bread dumplings. If you want some cheese noodles, that is Kespatzel. Potato pancakes, my favorite. Those are not called potato pancakes. They are called Reiberbatschi. Of course, there's sauerkraut. There is Blackkraut, which is red cabbage. And Obatsta, which is a delicacy, a Bavarian delicacy. Spicy cheese butter spread with Weiburst, which is a white Sausage. In fact, we may have to have Colonel Ange fire those up in the pooch pit for the grill. So we will celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest with great beers, great German foods uh, the entire month. Now, let me get to the debate very briefly. Before I even talk about what took place on stage between Felon Hillary and Donald J. Trump, Hofstra University was the host. Now, you know on this show we have been talking about the snowflake powder puff college students, the millennials today that are so sensitive, that have to be nurtured and have to be caressed and coddled and cared for because the world is a mean place. It's very evil. It's, it's scary. Let's, let's just stay in the womb forever. Let's sing Kumbaya. Let's be cradled and life will be safe. Well, that's not how it works. By the time you get to college, you will learn you should be independent. If not, you learn to be independent And at college, it promotes a free flow of ideas. When I was a student at Syracuse University from 82 to 86, I can tell you that we had debates all the time, that I attended talks and seminars and sessions that were sponsored by various groups, some that I didn't agree with in any way, shape, or form. But I listened. We debated afterward. In fact, I remember, and I've said this before on the show, Jesse Jackson, that unesteemed reverend, who is phony as the day is long, who's all about rolling up his sleeve and saying, see the color of my skin? Tell you what, companies, if you want to, uh, me to avoid castigating you publicly, why don't you just work with me and why don't you essentially bribe me? Ask him, I wonder how the family got the Anheuser-Busch distributorship in part of Chicago. That's a story for another day, but I digress. But I remember Jesse Jackson was speaking. It was at Hendricks Chapel, very big uh, uh, chapel that served also as a public uh, arena, if you will, public uh, auditorium, very large, sat, uh, probably held in excess of 1,500 people, right in the main quad at Syracuse. And I'll never forget, he was speaking. 
I wanted to hear him. I agreed with nothing. Half the people that were there uh, did not agree with him on anything. Half did. There were whites, there were blacks, there were Hispanics, there were Asians, they were, you name it. Everybody was there. The one thing I will say is, people uh, applauded. If you didn't agree, nobody booed, nobody heckled. We just stood there. We were all polite. And people agreed, people disagreed. Afterward, I remember we went down to Marshall Street, a watering hole, and we had fierce debate. People on my floor in my dorm, some agreed with him, we didn't, but we had a spirited debate. By the time we were done... We, of course, went back. We were still friends, no problem. But that's part of the college experience, a free flow of ideas. And professors also must be able in their class to encourage debate, whether they agree with whatever the topic is, whether it's politically, whether it's scientifically, whether it's historically. No matter what the subject, to me, a professor should encourage healthy debate. Leave his pers- He can give his personal opinion, but in no way, shape, or form should that impact someone's grade because he doesn't believe someone, someone's ideals or someone's political, uh, political slant. But what has happened on college campuses today is pathetic. The 18 to 22-year-olds set today, they are soft, they are coddled, they're giant pussies. And here's the perfect example. Before Kostra, before even going into the auditorium where the debate was held, and on all the campus, areas in the campus, they provided a sign, a large portable sign with a warning, not a Surgeon General's warning, not an Alpha General's warning, a trigger warning. And let me read you what was stated on that foldable board that was placed in numerous locations on the Hofstra campus the day of the debate. Trigger warning. The event conducted just beyond this sign may contain triggering and or sensitive material. Very sensitive. Sexual violence, sexual assault, and abuse are some topics mentioned within this event. If you feel triggered, please know there are resources to support you. And on the bottom of this sign, they list five different campus organizations. The Student Counseling Services, Crisis Counselor of Public Safety, Student Advocacy and and Prevention, Title IX Coordinator, and National Sexual Assault Hotline. Now, can you imagine somebody going to a lecture and somebody says, I feel Because someone disagreed with me as a woman that I was sexually assaulted, I'm going to call the National Sexual Assault Hotline and report them. This is almost laughable. If it weren't serious, it would be laughable. It would be a joke. Those of us that are way past the age of 22, that went to college when debate was was accepted, see something like this, this is pathetic. I mean, it is, it, it is comical to see these little powder puffs that have to have an, a, a warning. I mean, what is it? You're going to put a warning on their bottled water? Caution, if you drink too much water, you could drown yourself. Let's put a trigger warning on a hot dog. Caution, if you eat this hot dog too quickly, you could choke. Do we really have to put trigger warnings and warning labels on anything? Are people, are, are students that sensitive and that soft that they can't listen to healthy debate? Apparently, the answer is yes. And when I come back, we'll tell you about how mispronouncing a student's name 
is now considered a microaggression. We live in a pathetic state here in the United States right now. There is no doubt. It is getting worse. For those of us that are alphas, for those of you that are alpha males that are teaching your children to be alphas, of course this doesn't apply because you're teaching your children to think for themselves, to be decisive, to be able to participate in healthy debate, not, not run away from it. I love when people tell me all the time, I avoid conflict. I really don't like, I don't like conflict. Like you'll go to argue with them about something or just engage in debate. Let me stop you there. I, I, I don't like argument. I don't like conflict. Me, I'm like, let me go in. I'm happy to go. Let me get in there. Just like General Patton, let me get to the front lines, you sons of bitches. I am ready to go in and ready to engage in conflict and debate. And I was a great debater, as opposed to Donald Trump. And I'll get to that when we come back. Why? Because, number one, I prepared. I had mastery of the, of the subject, and I took many positions. I remember I was assigned a, 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 uh, in high school a topic that I disagreed with vehemently. But I won the debate anyway. Why? Because I presented my case in a factual manner. I presented it in a rational manner. And in those debates, we had people that were for and against. Yet, at the end, we all left. Nobody needed a trigger warning or nobody needed to call some campus uh, agency saying they felt that they were triggered against, that they felt that they needed sensitivity training or they needed sensitivity counseling. So we come back, we'll tell you about the latest with microaggressions. We'll get into the debate a tad bit. And then, of course, lieutenants, we will enjoy some uh, great cigars. And today, for even on this, in the second hour, we've got Bruce Forsley of Shipyard Brewing. I've got five different beers we'll be sampling. So we'll do the beers in the second hour. But today, i got a special libation. A couple of people uh, passed away this week. One public, one you may not know, but certainly affects us here at the Cigar Dave Show. And we've got a very special birthday for a very special woman up in the Western New York Theater of Operations that we will mention. A very big birthday. In fact, right now, she's at her party in Niagara Falls, New York. We'll sell it. We'll talk about that as she celebrates. Lieutenant Simon, America's alpha male and the global alpha male. We don't need trigger warnings here on the Cigar Dave Show. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. 
Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Something to offend you. Stand back. Cigar Dave goes macro on microaggression. Oh, yeah. Latest in microaggressions never ends. This is a classic. This comes to us from the People's Republic of California, where now mispronouncing a student's name is considered a microaggression. It's not considered a mistake. It's not considered just a harmless error. It's considered a microaggression. In a campaign titled, My Name, My Identity, A Declaration of Self. You know what? It should be a declaration of BS. But My Name, My Identity, A Declaration of Self says on their website, did you know that mispronouncing a student's name negates the identity of the student? This can lead to anxiety and resentment, which in turn can hinder academic progress. Look, when somebody mispronounces my name, Cigar Dave, instead of Cigar Dave, I don't in any way feel anxiety. I don't feel as if I have been microaggressed. No, you just correct someone and say, let me just correct you. And in fact, most people, when they pronounce somebody's name, they pronounce it and say, am I pronouncing it correctly? I hope I'm pronouncing it. And if someone says no, say no, my correct pronunciation is. And most people have no problem with it. But this campaign, initiated by the National Association for Bilingual Education. Now, let me stop it right there. Bilingual education, I'm all in favor of people learning a second language at a young age in school. No problem. 
But our country is founded on English. Period. End of discussion. End of story. And if anybody in any way, shape, or form thinks that we should have two languages in this country, go to Quebec. Go up to Canada. Go to Quebec. See how that works in Canada. It doesn't. It does not. It causes a huge divide. So the campaign initiated by the National Association for Bilingual Education in the Santa Clara County uh, Office of Education says a teacher who mispronounces a student's name is causing a negative emotional state that can lead to poor academic success. I was just thinking about this. Mike Krzyzewski, the head coach at Duke, I guarantee you when he was growing up, because if you look at the pronunciation of the name or the way it phonetically would look, it would be Krzyzewski, but it's Krzyzewski. And I guarantee you, people say, could you spell that for me? Or when they do see it, could you pronounce that for me? Does Mike Krzyzewski, who's one of probably amongst the top three, four, I got to believe, most successful college basketball coaches in the country, in history, do you think he, because his name was mispronounced as a kid, he had anxiety and resentment, which it it hindered his academic uh, progress? He did just fine. But an assistant professor of education at the University of California at Riverside said overlooking the mispronunciation of a student's name is a microaggression that can sabotage the learning process. Names have incredible significance to families with so much thought, meaning, and culture woven into them. When the child enters school and teachers consciously or not mispronounce, disregard, or change the name, they're in a sense disregarding the family and culture of the students as well. Please give me an effing break. Now, all of a sudden, if you mispronounce someone's name, now you're causing irreparable life damage. And they actually have on this campaign, they have an affirmation. I hereby affirm my commitment to the My Name, My Identity campaign, pledge to show respect to others' names, be a model for students by sharing information and resources about showing respect to others' names and identities, share my name story. Give me a, you know what, enough of this nonsense. Now you know why this nation is in big trouble, because we become a giant bunch of softies, Pillsbury Doughboys, that now if you mispronounce a name, great. You're microaggressing. You're racist. You're evil. You're causing someone. I'm waiting for a lawsuit. This person mispronounced my name. It's going to cause me damage. I'm demanding $10 million in punitive damages. I'm telling you, lieutenants, it's coming. National Cigar Litation Libation Ceremony around the corner. Got some special people we'll recognize. The Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
Wow, he's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, the September 2016 selection from our Officers Club is the Alec Bradley Sampler. And in there, that you will find an Alec Bradley Black Market, an Alec Bradley Nikapuro, and an Alec Bradley Sanctum. And that's going to go perfect with my beer selection today, as well as in the second hour as we go up to Shipyard Brewing in Portland, Maine, as Bruce Forsley, VP of Sales and Marketing, joins us for a tour and do a little tasting of some of their great craft beers. They're like a large craft. They're not just craft anymore. They've really grown, but some great beers. And the Alec Bradley Sanctum will go very, very nicely. As the name implies, Sanctum is Latin for sacred. And this is a sacred cigar for those who favor a rich four-country blend. The wrapper is Honduran Corojo, the binder is Costa Rican, and the filler is Nicaraguan Honduran with a little bit of Colombian, and that brings gives it a little bit of kick to it. It is a beautiful cigar, nice band, beautiful-looking wrapper, very rich, very distinct. It is a medium to full flavored cigar great burn great draw notes of pepper little spice little woodiness it's a beautiful cigar and those of you that are members of the officers club the september selection went out this week so you should have them beginning tomorrow actually today what am i talking about today's saturday and early next week and uh we've had a couple of delays on the shipment you can thank the fda for that lieutenants with all the manufacturers being swamped with the FDA nonsense and regulatory BS. Everything's been a little delayed, but we should be back on track for October. But you will enjoy these great cigars. Now, the Alec Bradley Sanctum, I've pulled out. Normally, I like a Toro, but I'm pulling out a Gordo size or a Magnum, six inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, about an $8, $9 suggested retail cigar. It's a beautiful-looking stick, beautiful band, black, white, a little red in the band. It's just a very, very flavorful stick done very well when they launched that a few years ago, and you will enjoy that, and it's the perfect accompaniment 
to some fuller flavor beers and IPA. A double IPA would go perfectly with this Alec Bradley Sanctum. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, I have my self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, from the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories, I've got my Cigar Dave Lock and Load Grenade. This is a new one. Just got this big handle. It's got a rounded type of handle on it, so it kind of looks like the grenade. In fact, I'd like to throw a couple of these up at the uh, FDA administrator and some of the other enemies of pleasure up there. I think that would be very appropriate. And uh, I've got the big giant flame. This looks like a welding torch. So big flame on it. Do a great job on my Alec Bradley Sanctum. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. And by the way, you could take a blowtorch to all of Washington, D.C., eliminate every single bureaucrat, start from the beginning, get rid of every single law, regulation, and rule, start from the beginning, and this country would be back on track. You know, I always think about that. The number, there ought to be a law, just like we, what we need, another law. But this law would be good. For every law we put on the books, we got to take one off. I think that's appropriate. Just absurd with all the regulations. All right, let me toast the foot of this beautiful-looking... Alec Bradley Sanctum. And they've got the theme. They've got the Tempest that they have come out with. That was the first Latin theme, which is time. And now we've got the Sanctum, which is for sacred, as I toast the foot of this beautiful-looking cigar. Oh, yeah. Now, with a 60 ring gauge, which is 60, 64 of an inch, you got to make sure it is properly toasted, properly lit, you don't want any black spots. That means if it's black when you blow on the foot of the cigar, it is not properly lit. We cannot have that. Even amber glow is what we are looking to accomplish. All right, let me puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Great draw. A couple of notes of spice right off the bat. Mm. Oh, yeah. We blow on the foot of the cigar. Needs a little touch-up. Touch that up. There we go. Now I will puff and rotate one more time. And my Alec Bradley Sanctum Magnum Size 6x60 is officially lit. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. All right, two things. We're going to have two libations here. And both really in tribute in memory of Arnold Palmer. I always liked Arnold Palmer. Passed away this week. As a golfer, not as avid as I used to be, but I always liked Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer was an alpha. I mean, there's some great pictures of him when he was on the course, that cardigan sweater. He had the he had the cigarette in his, in his mouth. Of course, he quit. But he also was a fellow aviator, such as myself. Always liked him. Always thought he had a great personality. Everybody that met him said he was very personable. He was uh, an everyman, and he didn't, grow up in a country club environment with a silver spoon. His father actually, I believe, was the uh, groundskeeper or was somehow involved with the club, Latrobe Country Club, and that's where he learned. So Arnold was comfortable with the blue-collar guys and the white-collar guys. Arnie's Army, just like we've got the Alpha Army. So in his honor, two things. First, I've got a bottle of Rolling Rock. Now you'll say, okay, Rolling Rock. Well, 
Rolling Rock Beer was founded in the western Pennsylvania city of Latrobe. That's where Arnold Palmer was born, about 35 miles east-southeast of Pittsburgh. For many years, it was brewed in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And sadly, since ni- from 1939 to 2006, Rolling Rock brewed at Latrobe Brewing Company in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. In 2006, Anheuser-Busch buys the brands, buys the company for $82 million, And... They move the production to Newark, New Jersey. There's something sacrosanct. But in Arnie's honor, I'm going to open up a can of Rolling Rock. I will take a sip. Very light, very smooth. It's a very mellow beer. It's not going to knock you off your uh, feet. It's a very nice lager, so it's uh, not going to be overly full, but very, very pleasant. And I've got another libation that I'm going to enjoy that I've just made earlier this morning in honor and memory of Arnold Palmer, and that is a Arnold Palmer. Arnold, Arnold Palmer. What is an Arnold Palmer, the drink? It is a beverage consisting of iced tea and that cool, refreshing other drink, lemonade, named after American golfer Arnold Palmer. Now, there's an alcoholic version of the Arnold Palmer made with vodka. You can make with gin called the John Daly. Actually, just put straight gin or straight vodka, and it's the John Daly. But according to Arnold Palmer, he was in the habit of drinking iced tea with lemonade at home. In 1960, at the U.S. Open, Cherry Hills Country Club in Denver, he ordered the non-alcoholic drink at a bar. A woman sitting nearby overheard him, ordered that Palmer drink, thus giving the beverage his name. And now it's actually licensed There's uh, one of the companies, uh, I believe it's Arizona Tea, has the Arnold Palmer half and half, iced tea and lemonade, and it is a delicious beverage, a special, you know, you like the lemonade, the tartness of the lemonade, the freshness of the iced tea, it's just a very nice balance. So, the Arnold Palmer, I will take a sip of that, say cheers, and let me chase it with a little bit of that Rolling Rock, let me do this now. Now I'll chase it with a puff of my Alec Bradley Sanctum. Outstanding, and it's appropriate that I enjoy a cigar today because it is World Vegetarian Day. And I know that's a, that's a holiday that all of us alphas have been looking forward to the entire year. World Vegetarian Day. Now, do you think I'm going to have tofu today? No. You think I'm going to put some sort of cockamamie, cockamamie soy product, soy steak, or soy burger on the grill? No. But... Cigar, cigars are made of vegetal matter. They are a vegetable. Cigar tobaccos are a vegetable. They're considered to be a vegetable. So by smoking the cigar, you are properly celebrating World Vegetarian Day. And another great way to celebrate World Vegetarian Day is to throw a giant tomahawk ribeye steak on the grill, a ribeye chop, or a New York strip, or a filet, or some ribs, or any other meat product So that basically you can give the royal salute to all the vegetarians celebrating World Vegetarian Day. And I'm pretty pleased to say that I'm wearing my my loafers. They are made of leather. A cow was consumed while making these beautiful shoes. And my leather belt, yep, that's a cowhide too. So I'm doing everything I can to perturb and tick off all the kumbaya vegetarians that are out there. I'm not wearing Birkenstocks. I don't own a pair of Birkenstocks. I don't own any tofu. And I certainly do not have a vegan hot dog or a vegan steak or a vegan burger that's going on the grill. So 
World Vegetarian Day, celebrate it by smoking a cigar and then throwing a big ribeye on the grill. Now, Arnold Palmer passed away. There's another uh, person that we I, I need to recognize right now, and I've got a cigar that is unlit in mic position number two here today in Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A. We lost earlier this week a uh, close associate, Tom Martin Kovic, one of the great engineers over at the iHeart Media uh, radio facility in Tampa, where for many years, uh, 17 years I've worked with Tom and and uh, Sergeant Steve worked with Tom. All of our producers worked with Tom. Tom came from Kansas City, joined the, at the time it was J-Corps Broadcasting, then it became Clear Channel and iHeart in Tampa, one of the integral members of the engineering staff, and he did many things for us, always a great disposition, great personality, always with a laugh, helped us on many, many occasions. He was a delight to work with, a delight to have conversations with. Tom passed away unexpectedly on Monday at the age of 60, and it is a big loss. And I know that everyone in the uh, iHeart building on Gandhi Boulevard in Tampa is extremely upset by it. Tom's funeral is today. And so to Tom we, and his family, we, celebrate, we, we send our condolences. And today I'm wearing a flowery Hawaiian shirt because Tom every day would wear a Hawaiian shirt. And in fact, his family requested today at the funeral that people wear a Hawaiian shirt in his honor and his memory. And it is a huge loss for us because he was a delight to work with. We've worked with many great people, the engineers we work with and many of the, the technical people, people that you never see or you never hear about on the show because they are doing their things in the background. But trust me, when there are network issues, when there are studio issues, when there's anything that affects us, Tom was always there front and center. Uh, he was on call many times when we had issues, when our show was about to come on, would come in. And he would always come before his vacations. Usually twice a year he'd go on vacation, once a cruise. Uh, one year, per, every year he'd go on a cruise and then another vacation. He'd always ask me from, for some cigars. And I'd always I'd say, Tom, it's my pleasure, whatever you want. And I'd always give him plenty of cigars. And he'd say, no, no, I just need two or three. I'd go, Tom, you can never have enough. And he'd always come back and say, I went through all those cigars on vacation. They were great. That one you gave me with the white band, I said, Tom, I know exactly which one. I'll make sure I get you more of them. So Tom Martin Kovic, engineer extraordinaire, a wonderful colleague, a wonderful person to his family. We send our condolences. Tom, my friend, rest in peace. You will not be forgotten. We will certainly miss you extensively. Now, on some happy notes, two things. First, a very big happy birthday next Friday to Captain Paul. Captain Paul Bolani. Celebrating the big, big birthday. Let's just say it's not Hawaii Five O; it's Buffalo Six O. So, Captain Paul, a very happy birthday to him. Integral part of our crew. And I received a wonderful letter back in August from Darlene Polniak up in the Western New York Theater of Operations, up in the Niagara Falls and Lewiston area. And she said, "General, I'm writing about a very special relative. My aunt Helen Cantonista is going to be 99." on September 29th, 2016. For years, my mother and I picked her up Saturday nights to go to the local casino. We always listened to your show on WBEN, and if she was home, she would listen by herself. She loves your show. That's because Aunt Helen has great taste. A very smart woman, obviously. We would love it if you could send her a signed picture, which I will do. That is coming your way, uh, Aunt Helen. That's going to be sent to Darlene. And also today... They have a very big part. Actually, right now, as we speak, at the Como Restaurant in Niagara Falls, a very, very famous 
uh, restaurant in Niagara Falls, New York. Her daughter, Barbara, holding a family party for Aunt Helen, Cantonista's 99th birthday, which uh, took place on September 29th on Thursday. But today's the big party, and I know Helen will be listening tonight when WBEN runs our show. They run it from 7 to 9 p.m. And uh, she and her husband, Stanley, ran a grocery store in Niagara Falls for over 40 years, and her, uh, her niece, Darlene, said they were the hardest-working couple and the nicest, and I'm sure. So Aunt Helen Cantonista... From all of us at the Cigar Dave Show, including this five-star, we wish you a very happy, healthy 99th. Many, many more. That picture is coming your way. And I should say that I did reach out to Darlene when I was in Buffalo for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest to see if she and her aunt could attend. Her aunt was unable to attend, but I wanted to have them as my special guest. But Anne Helen, a very happy birthday, and we appreciate you listening, obviously a woman of impeccable taste and great wisdom and great smarts to listen to the Cigar Dave show. Someone who appreciates the alpha male lifestyle, and I guarantee your husband Stanley was an alpha male, no question about that. So happy birthday to Anne Helen Cantonista. Happy birthday to Captain Paul. As we uh, celebrate, we remember some great people this week, but we also celebrate two very big birthdays. Lieutenants, when we come back, of course, I'm not done. I've got some other things that I need to get to in the world of cigars. And next hour, as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, we'll be speaking with Bruce Forsley. I was up in Portland, Maine. Great town, by the way. We'll talk about that. Shipyard Brewing, Newberry Street. Bruce Forsley, VP of Sales and Marketing, will be our special guest. As we toured the, the brewery, sampled some great shipyard beers as we kick off Cigar Oktoberfest. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. This is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree, but guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. General has determined that enemies of pleasure are hazardous to your happiness. For your protection and sanity, they've been vaporized. All right, need to get to this here before we talk about a couple other lighter things. High school football team staged a die-in in California. Castlemont High School, the high, uh, Castlemont Knights, based in Oakland, really engaged what I believe in shameful behavior. If you don't want to salute the flag you don't want to put your hand just stand at attention don't give me this nonsense with the fist in the air and and other things or stay in the locker room better that and that's what the nfl should say you got a problem stay in the locker room keep it in the locker room but nfl quarterback colin kaepernick who started this whole nonsense he was on hand to encourage the children to disrespect the united states and he said, I had to come out here and stand with y'all, so I appreciate what y'all did. I love y'all. Y'all my brothers. I'm here with you. Well, you're not my brother, Colin. I can tell you that. And what I, 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 I got a kick out of, they, there's a picture of this team. They're all on their backs while the national anthem is being played. Some of them are just lying. They're like a die-in. Others have one hand in the air, two hands in the air. I'll tell you what. You want to talk about a real die-in? Instead of these little, uh, these little punks that are in California that are maybe, what, 16, 17, 18? You want to re- talk about a real die-in? How about in World War II when men of the boys of the same age were storming the beaches in Normandy to protect the world? Or when they were raising the flag in Iwo Jima or, try, or, or battling in Iwo Jima? Or how about when they were in Iraq and Afghanistan with IEDs and getting shot at, or in Korea, or in Vietnam? These punks, and that's exactly what they are, because I'll guarantee you most of them have never opened a history book, let alone read a line of history, are an embarrassment. The school should be embarrassed. Their parents should be embarrassed. I'm all for free speech. But you have a problem? Stay in the locker room. Or better yet, why don't you say, and this is what Colin Kaepernick could do, I'm going to start an, a foundation, and we're going to try to get police together and people from various communities together and try to work together and community policing and better understanding. No problem. Do that. But to lie down, do a die-in, when these punks don't even know what, what it really means to put your life on the line, when there were boys that were younger than them that actually did die in military conflicts to protect freedom and protect their right to be asses, that is unconscionable to me. So to the Castlemont High School Knights, you're all a bunch of goddamn punks, and you're an embarrassment to this nation, to your school, and to your family. You want to do a die-in? Tell you what, do the real thing, period. You want to be brave, want to be big? Go and serve on the front lines. Otherwise, you're a bunch of giant pussies. Now, Good news, Atlanta Airport. 
They are planning on opening cigar bars and lounges and converting their existing smoking rooms. If you go into, you fly into Atlanta Airport, Concourse T or A, B, C, D, E, they have smoking areas for people that smoke cigarettes and cigars, but they're going to convert them into cigar shops that would charge a fee to patrons who want to enjoy a cigar. They're going to convert nine smoking rooms spread across different concourses. The shops would require a minimum purchase or entry fees for those that want to enjoy a cigar. And they see it as an opportunity to move into more upscale lounges to generate revenue while maintaining smoking areas on all the concourses. They have already sent out proposals. They hope to open the, hope to open the cigar shops next year. And, of course, the U.S. Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy. Anybody even know who the Surgeon General is? Talk about an inconsequential job. He tweeted a photo last year in front of a Atlanta airport smoking lounge with a thumbs-down sign. Well, I say thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two hands up. Giant applause up. You're going to be able to enjoy cigars in the Atlanta airport. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show. We celebrate Oktoberfest at Shipyard Brewing. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Cigar Oktoberfest. We celebrate all things related to beer. And it is World Vegetarian Day today. Now think about beer. Those are all vegetarian ingredients, whether it is wheat, whether it is barley, whether it is it is hops. They all are vegetarian products. So we're fulfilling our duty on World Vegetarian Day. When I was up in Maine last month, I had the incredible opportunity to tour the Shipyard Brewery in downtown Portland, which is a fantastic place. It reminds me of a mini San Francisco, historic, a lot of great places, and Shipyard Brewery, one of the great stories coming out of Portland, Maine. And we spent time touring the facility with Bruce Forsley, their VP of Sales and Marketing, and sampling some great beers. So I know you will enjoy this tour and conversation with Shipyard Brewery. I have found the perfect way to celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, and that is to have a tour of Shipyard Brewing in Portland, Maine, one of the better-known craft breweries across the country. My pleasure to welcome Bruce Horsley, Vice President of Sales and Marketing, to the Cigar Dave Show microphones. Bruce, thank you for the hospitality. The building that we are in is has tremendous significant historic uh, his, historic significance. That's right, Dave. By the way, thanks for visiting us. I know you're busy on your uh, vacation here. Uh, but yes, if you take a little closer look, perhaps, this building was originally a, found, uh, excuse me, a warehouse for molasses coming up from the Caribbean to supply all the distilleries that were in New England back in the uh, mid-1800s. Fast forward to the early 1900s, it was converted into a um, 
a foundry, and you can see by the thickness of these uh, cement support beams that they're three by three. It was, it was built to withstand a lot of weight, which, by the way, we have above us in the, in the form of um, brewing tanks and kettles and conditioning tanks. But come with me for a, a bit more of the insiders tour of shipyard. And I want to just clarify, I am more than willing to take one for the alpha male team to break away from vacation to sample some great beers as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. And as I walked into the building, you can smell the, just the aroma of beer. It's an incredible smell. It's like walking into a cigar factory. So some of the artwork on the walls here is kind of uh, hidden by these piles and piles of hops and grain. But uh, the foundry went bankrupt. And in the mid-1980s, uh, the homeless moved in. And this uh, building was housing about 30 to 35 homeless people. They tapped into city electricity taking anything of value out of the building, and we're having huge rave, uh, raves? Rave parties, raves, yeah. Rave parties, yeah. And so the remnants of that are the, is the graffiti you can see in the walls, and most of it, as you can see behind here, is uh, the Beastie Boys, kind of giving a timeline to that era. Uh, we purchased the property in 1994, and at great expense, I might add, we converted it into a working brewery and a landmark for uh, downtown Portland. Now, Shipyard Brewing got its start in Kennebunkport, uh, which is, for most people, the home of George and Barbara Bush uh, fame. That is absolutely right. Started as a brew pub on the Kennebunk River right downtown, and in fact, we do occasionally get a presidential visit. There you go. That always works. Uh, they want the beer. And when you, when you started, that was how, how long ago? That was in 1992. Started as a small brew pub, and um, as most places in Maine, in the middle of winter, it's pretty quiet in the pub. So uh, necessity required uh, my cousin Fred, who started the company, to start selling the beer outside the pub to other retailers. And uh, here we are today, 23, 4 years later. Our beer can be found in um, Tampa, Florida, right. Key West, Los Angeles, New York City, Italy, Brazil, and, of course, here in Maine. It's an overnight success. It just took, what, 24 years, right? Correct. 24 years of overnights. So as we get ready here to go to the second level of shipyard brewing, something that I caught also is that you make non-alcoholic beverages as well. Well, you're going to get a special treat today, Dave. We make non-alcoholic soft drinks, uh, primarily root beer is our number one item. We're in the vodka business. Uh, we age some of our beer in bourbon barrels, but we also take some of our beer and distill it into a special liqueur, which I think uh, we'll try some a little bit later. I think we'll have to. I did not realize that. So you're using every part of, uh, of the beer, and as we go to the second floor here, it's incredible to look at because, again, this is reminiscent of some of the cigar factories with the brick, just the solidly made, you know, factories, and... One of the things I want to ask you, Bruce, is the number of employees that you have right now. Because if you started in Kenny Bunkport, small little brew pub, clearly you've grown, you know, exponentially. Oops, we just stumbled into the tasting, uh, what was it, sensory training? Sensory training, as we stumble on in here. We have Cigar Dave with us from Tampa, Florida. Uh, what are we all trying? Scientific terms. <laughs> All right, scientific terms. Give me the terms. Isoamyl acetate, acetaldehyde, uh, DMS, and some other stuff that I can't pronounce. I just know it tastes sweet, sour, or it tastes good. That's, that's pretty much my tasting range. That's right. And these are what, all new beers that you're trying? Nope. This is a test to um, determine off flavors so that we'll be better beer testers. So when you do graduate, you get a degree in beer testing? 
I don't know what I get. <laughs> <laughs> so this team is in sensory training so that when we, every beer we produce gets tasted before it gets sent to market. They have become experts on everything from what we're looking for in beer and what we're not looking for in beer. So sensory community is extremely important to the quality assurance of our products. Got it. Thank you for the allowing us to stop in and take a look at the sensory panel training. I'm going to have to add that to my bucket list. I call the committee. <laughs> With Bruce Horsley of Shipyard Brewing, Bruce, we have made a detour into a very hidden and secure office. I'm here with Paul Hendry, our facilities manager, and he just pulled out of the back of a filing cabinet a small flask of clear liquid that he's going to be sharing with us. This is actually top secret. I don't even know if you should be airing this to the public. <laughs> Honest to God, he really went to the back of a filing cabinet. Did you file that under spirits? Under spirits. And by the way, I have to say, I love your shirt, Syracuse Orange. I'm a grad of uh, Syracuse, and you said your daughter went to Syracuse. Yes, she did. Graduated this year. Well, congratulations. Outstanding. All right, so what exactly are we looking at? It looks like some sort of distilled spirit. This is a sample of a um, distilled spirit that we're doing made out of um, pumpkin beer. Pumpkin? Beer. Pumpkin beer. So tell me, you put it through what, a distillation? We don't do it. Somebody else has been doing it for us. All right. So we take shipyard pumpkin head. Bring it to a distiller. How many times will it be distilled before we have um, a finished product? This product right here is um, probably three times distilled. The beauty of it is the raw materials to make beer are virtually the same as the raw materials Very to make bourbon right. or whiskey. Starting with the work. That's right. So what we have here is our shipyard pumpkin head distilled down to a, what, 80 proof, clear, 135 proof right there. 135. Don't you use these? I think you use these on your pimples, if I'm not mistaken. This will clear anything up. Well, I'll say. Well, cheers, Dave. Cheers. Mmm. Whoa. Woo. Woo. Wow. Mmm. We're both speechless. <laughs> um, I'm waiting for the burn to go away. You got very red, Bruce, I got to tell you. Holy cow. you got to remember, this is prior to being aged, so it is a little bit raw. But I have to tell you, the flavor, forget the strength and the warmth as it goes down, there's a very unique sweetness exactly. to that. There was a, a subtle sweetness up front. I don't know whether it was from the cinnamon and nutmeg that we use in the beer or from the pumpkin itself, but... Very drinkable up front, almost like too easy to drink up front, because then, bang, it hits you. That, that was nuclear on the way down. Big mouth feeling. There's no question about that. So when will that be available? Possibly two years. Oh, two years. So this is still, a, this is really a top secret project. Top secret project. And you heard about it first on the Cigar Dave Show, and we're going to come back, Bruce, in two years. So we will, when that comes out, we will definitely uh, sample the finished product. But I have to tell you, just being raw, unaged, that is fantastic. It's, it's very strong. There's no question about it. But the taste is just very, very impressive. So, Paul, would you call this a pumpkin head whiskey or a pumpkin head spirit or what? White lightning. Pumpkin head white lightning. Yeah, almost like a moonshine. It is a moonshine. Dave, let's get back to beer. <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the little uh, flask with me. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, cheers. That's very good. Thank you so much for that uh, for that unique taste. And that is very very unique. And again, the flavor on that as it was going down was sweet. But man, did that pack a huge punch with a lot of warmth and major major alcohol on the way down. Now it's gotten very warm where we are here on the third floor, Bruce. Well, we're in the uh, upstairs of the brewery. Um, they call this the brew house. Um, probably Fahrenheit about 100 degrees in here right now. 
Uh, the important thing to note about this area of the brewery is we draw all of our water from the Sebago Lake Reservoir about an hour north of here, reputed to be some of the cleanest water in the world. In fact, we had it tested at the Bass Laboratories in England, and it was the cleanest water they had ever tested. Well, whatever's, is this one of the fermenters right here? This is called the mash tun. The mash tun. Whatever's coming out of that mash tun, the aroma is delightful. Now, the mash tun will fill up with 1,000 pounds of uh, malt, wheat, barley, and we enter water at 180 degrees Fahrenheit. It ends up being like a giant hot tub of oatmeal. Uh, after for three, it steeps for three hours, we draw the liquid off called wort. All the grain then just gets shoveled down this hopper, and we give it to a dairy farmer not too far from here, and he gets unbelievable yield out of his cows. I was going to say, but that's the aroma, that the oatmeal, perfect description, because that's exactly what it smells like. And you know what happened, what, what you're starting off with in there, what that beer will be? Uh, actually, I don't, but this time of year, because of the phenomenal success of Shipyard Pumpkinhead, about 80% of all the beer we're making right now is, in fact, Pumpkinhead. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Pumpkinhead, because every year when I go to do various beer tastings and select beers for Cigar Oktoberfest, Oh, as we just walked into a much cooler room, the aroma, it, the sweetness is incredible. What you're smelling is cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, some natural pumpkin, and it's entered into the beer during fermentation, and it just permeates the environment. Wow, this is incredible. But as I was saying about the pumpkin head, when I go to select beers every year, sometimes I just do it by seeing a label that grabs me that, or a name that happens to be unique. And that's exactly how I discovered Pumpkinhead a number of years ago. And it's a phenomenal beer. And this time of year, that's probably your number one seller? By far and away our number one seller. In fact, even though we only make it for three months of the year, it's our number one seller for the entire year. Really? Now, I'm going to bring you upstairs uh, to look into some of the fermentation vessels. You've got to watch your head because the ceiling is low. Also, we have open fermentation, so there's going to be a lot of CO2, CO2 coming, coming off the top. So if you're a little light of uh, breath or a little faint, I'll catch you. But uh, let's go upstairs and see some fermentation. That sounds good. And what I love about this room, it's very nice and cool, probably about 60 degrees in here. And again, a different aroma as we come in here. There's a low deck here we've got to come under. Oh, wow. We're, we'll... When you see the pictures on this that we will post at CigarDave.com and social media, you will see exactly what is taking place here. Wow, that is incredible. So the fermenter right in front of us is a 300-barrel fermenter, which is the equivalent of about 5,200 cases of beer. Um, you can see the yeast lying on top. It's slightly bubbling away. That's just CO2 escaping. Uh, the beer ferments for about three days, after which we drain it and filter it, and then we'll recarbonate before bottling. You see a lot of scum, so to speak, in the side of the vessel. That's because as the yeast is eating the sugar in the liquid, it's populating. And as those populations of yeast cells continue to grow, we have to scoop them off, dispose of them. But we do keep the youngest, most viable yeast cells to use for the next batch of beer. So our yeast, generation to generation, is used batch to batch to batch to beer. So this yeast, in fact, is about 22 years old. With Bruce Horsley of Shipyard Brewing, we're here where the fermentation is taking place. Why do you use open fermentation? That's an excellent question. We believe that the yeast has a very important characteristic that adds to the quality of the beer. This yeast does not survive in a closed fermentation vessel. It needs to be open. Secondarily, this yeast also acts very quickly, only takes eight days to ferment, so it's a very efficient and actually affordable way to turn over your inventory. So we expedite the brewing process with this system we're using. 
And again, the aroma in here, first of all, it's cool, but the aroma is incredible. And if you look at the consistency of this, it almost looks like oatmeal. Well, what you're seeing in the top is actually the yeast itself. Um, and it is a very, uh, uh, almost like a creamy substance, mm -hmm. um, but it's a living organism. And you can see from the activity in the vessel that it's a, a very happy organism and it's uh, populating as you look at it. A lot going on. You can actually see the action, all the little bubbles, and we will post pictures of this very, very unique. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay, or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. 
five bucks and a comfortable chair genius meet the perfect cigar to share with friends Brickhouse by J.C. Newman handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well rounded and smooth nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse for more visit BrickhouseCigars.com just moved downstairs at the Shipyard Brewing Brewery, and we moved to a secondary fermentation area. Bruce, tell us about these. Much noisier down here. Yeah. Well, all of these vessels are 300-barrel vessels, which means over 5,000 cases. And as you can see in the signage right here in front of you, they're all pumpkinhead. And this time of year, we're absolutely 100% capacity, trying to meet the demand on our, on our you know, universally uh, well-received uh, pumpkinhead beer. And how long do these stay in the secondary fermenters? The beer will ferment for about three days. Then we move it to what's called a conditioning tank. The conditioning tank is used to try to get all the floating yeast cells out of liquid so when the beer warms up, it doesn't start going through a secondary fermentation. After that, we'll go through a filtration process, which is called a diatomaceous filter. And it's just like a sand filter in your swimming pool. The beer goes through four different layers of sand from coarse to fine. And as the beer goes through, solids of um, yeast cells or any solids will get latched onto by the sand. The beer comes out clear and bright and goes right down to the bottling line, which I'm sure you'll find the most interesting part of the tour. Continuing our tour of Shipyard Brewery in downtown Portland, along with Bruce Horsley, Vice President of Marketing and Sales for Shipyard, the general front and center. And we are now in the bottling area. And I can see Pumpkinhead is being bottled profusely. Well, uh, this is the most fun part of the tour because this is where all the moving parts are. Uh, this bottling line is capable of doing 150 bottles of beer a minute, uh, but <laughs> currently it's not doing any. <laughs> uh, what happens, obviously, is when you run down a tank of beer and you get to um, cleanse the lines, restart it, and we're probably in a transition period between a couple products. But yes, all around us is uh, yeah, more pumpkin head, more pumpkin head packaging. Now, do you, do, uh, do you sell beer in cans or primarily just bottles? That's a good question, Dave. We do both cans and bottles, and we recently acquired a, a canning line, which we just started operating back in August. And in fact, the uh, package of choice for young consumers in America in the craft beer category has now become the can. Why do you think that is? Convenience, uh, easier to take places without repercussions of broken glass, lighter to carry, particularly if you live in a city. You don't want to lug around a case of beer, but a can's more manageable. Uh, and they're also more environmentally friendly, costless for trans transportation, and fully recyclable. So for the younger generation where a green environment is a critical environment, it really is the package of choice. And I'm looking at all these shipyard boxes being ready to be filled by bottles of uh, six packs of shipyard pumpkin head and it really is incredible because I'm sure when that line is going, that's quite the thing to see. I think the, the mechanics involved in the buying line are, are, are absolutely amazing. And um, what was that TV show back Laverne then? And Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Everybody comes in here, even people who are young, they miss you watching it on uh, 
you know, TV reruns or whatever, but they love the scene down here because it reminds, reminds them of Laverne and Shirley. The only difference is, as opposed to Laverne and Shirley, every bottle is properly being filled and being put in the package. So this is really the end, and then from here, it gets distributed uh, to distributors across the country and then out to retailers and to restaurants and bars. And when we give a tour, as I'm doing with you, Dave, what we do when we go from here is we go to the tasting room. I will take another one for the team, Bruce. All right, let's go have some beer. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door when you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. Hi, I know everybody's familiar with the 95 rated Decade, one of the finest cigars ever made and produced by Rocky Patel. Well, he outdid himself. I'm here to introduce a new Decade Cameroon. It's got a beautiful African Cameroon wrapper on it. And when you put this wrapper with the wonderful blend of the Decade cigar, it just takes it to another level. You get that little sweetness on the back of your palate. You get the cedar, the hickory notes with a little bit of spice. You know what I want to do? I want to just sit in my backyard or on my patio or a bar stool and enjoy the cigar. You can take it all the way down. I tell you, Rocky, you outdid yourself on this one. And if you haven't tried it, it's going to be at your local retail store. Go get yourself one. You won't be disappointed because this cigar, man, does it smoke great. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. That's why we drink it here And when we're gone from here All our friends will be drinking all our beer La la That is Jerry Darlack and the Touch, a polka band from the Western New York Theater of Operations. In heaven, there is no brewski. In heaven, there is no beer. And I think it's only appropriate as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest that we have them in the background. And let me tell you that before we go back to Bruce Forsley and we conduct our tasting at Shipyard Brewing with some of their great beers, in Germany, there are a number of interesting styles that we will be enjoying and sampling throughout the course of the month that are well-known in Germany. First up, there is the Dunkel. And the Dunkel is, or a Dunkel actually, is the cor correct pronunciation. A Dunkel, it's a dark lager associated with Bavaria, the region of origin, but they tend to be very malty, gentle hop accent, very little bit, uh, bitterness, about a 5-6% alcohol content, so we're going to be sampling some of those throughout the month. Then there is the Hofweizen, which means, Hof means yeast, Weizen means wheat, so it is a yeast wheat, tends to be a mild 
wheat type of ale beer. Then there is a Hellas, which is a very mild, a very light beer. So we'll be sampling that. Then, of course, when you think of original German beers, there's Pils or Pilsner, which is the most popular beer style in the world. And last but not least, there is a Marzen or an Oktoberfest beer which is a traditionally Munchen-style beer, a Marzen, nice and medium-flavored, a little bit of hoppiness, not too bad. So we'll be sampling all those German beers throughout Cigar Oktoberfest. So we hope that you celebrate with us as we celebrate the entire month. We'll be sampling probably about 40, 50 different beers throughout the remainder of the month. And we start with our sampling of Shipyard Brewing's great products up when I was at their brewery in Portland. Well, when we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest and we combine cigars and beers, we have to conduct beer-tasting maneuvers. So, Bruce Horsley of Shipyard Brewing, you have brought me into your incredible tasting room, which, by the way, I understand has just been expanded. That, well, we used to be able to seat about 40 people. Now we can, what, Leo, a couple hundred maybe if we get lucky? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They're definitely over 100. So, if you build it, they will come. Anyway, Leo is our tasting manager, and I'd like him to walk you through the four beers we put in front of you. All right, so Leo, I'll have you uh, guide us through the difference. The numbers we have are 25714. So, I'll have you go through each of those numbers and what it corresponds to and give us a little uh, background on each beer, if you would. Absolutely, yeah. So, number two is Pumpkinhead. Uh, it's definitely our best seller. It comes out in the fall every year. Um, Last year, accounted for about 45% of our sales. Uh, it's a pumpkin cinnamon spice, kind of lighter wheat ale. Number five here is Little Horror of Hops. Um, it's a rye IPA. So it uses a rye malt, West Coast hops. Definitely not the hoppiest IPA we have, but it's definitely up there. Uh, the recipe changed this, this year, actually, to make it a little more hoppy, even. Um, seven is what we call a pilot beer. It's brand new. It's not really released yet. It's up here. It's kind of a trial. Uh, it's brewed with fireberry tea instead of hops. So I'm kind of trying to try something new there. And then number 14, a coffee porter. Uh, it's brewed with cold brew coffee from Adventurous Joe's Coffee, uh, which is here in Falmouth, Maine. Um, so yeah, we're in the next town over. All right, so we'll start with the pumpkin head, pumpkin wheat ale. And you said that represents about 45% of Shipyard Brewing's sales. So clearly that is what we would call your flagship beer. And it's interesting because when you think of most breweries, you think it's going to be like an IPA or a lager, but your, pump, your, your uh, pumpkin head, by far and away, number one. Well, to, your, to that point, the pumpkin head is a wheat ale, so it's a little softer drink. It's not that strong. It's 4.6%. Um, it's got a little bit of sweetness because of the cinnamon and the nutmeg and clove. So it's a very easy beer to drink for a lot of people who are new to craft. Very easy beer to drink for women. But even the craft beer lover, the, the, um, the beer snob, even loves this beer. And the beer is very versatile. We typically ser serve it with a cinnamon sugar room in the glass, and a lot of people like to drop in a, a glass of, um, I'm sorry, a shot of vanilla or whipped or cream vodka or perhaps even spiced rum into the beer. Well, you know the definition of a great beer. A strong beer? One that sells. <laughs> I always say, give the people what they want. That's exactly right. So I'll say cheers. We'll taste this. And again, this is a wheat uh, uh, the, the pumpkin head is a wheat ale, so it'll be a little softer. Incredible aroma. Mmm. Wow. That is incredibly sweet. You know, there's this trend towards these double IPAs and IPAs and very fuller-flavored beers for many of the craft brewers. So this is a pleasant delight to have something that can be enjoyed any time of day or night. We see the trend coming back the other way. Absolutely, there's a place for... Um, 
quote unquote extreme beers, whether it's extremely hoppy or extremely alcoholic. But by and large, if you look at what's being sold in America today, 80% of it is still lager, which is Heineken, Corona, Budweiser, Miller Coors. So beers of a little bit lower alcohol, a little less hop, are still the preferred style of beer in America today. It's interesting because as we look at cigars, you see a lot of the fuller-flavored cigars that have become very popular. Many of the, many of the die-hard cult-type cigar connoisseurs like those super strong cigars. But the cigars that really sell are the mild to medium-flavored cigars. Same thing in beer. It's a similar scenario. You hit it right in the head. Um, we are looking at developing um, a lager. But in the meantime, we released a session IPA. A session is a term that came out of England for a beer that's low enough in alcohol that you could sit around for a long-term session and drink beer and not become intoxicated. So our fastest growing beer is what we call Island Time Session IPA. It's got all the hop character people are looking for in IPA, but it's only 4.6% alcohol by volume. Very mild, very easy to drink. So yes, there is a trend, a national trend in craft, to come back to an easier drinking beer. You mentioned you're developing a lager. Is it, obviously it's a different uh, fermentation process, but would it be a major undertaking for a brewery of this size to create a lager? Absolutely. There was no hesitation when you said that, by the way. It would require a lot of investment in new um, tanks and uh, closed fermentation versus the open fermentation that you saw upstairs. Uh, we would probably do it in partnership with another brewery. Gotcha. Now, next we're going to move to number five on our list, which is the Little Horror of Hops, a seasonal rye IPA, 5.9% alcohol by volume. So uses, obviously, rye in the, uh, the wort. So just for starters, IPA is short for India Pale Ale. Uh, these beers originated in England back when uh, uh, England had troops all over the world, including India. And they would brew a really, really strong beer and throw a crap load of hops into the barrel because it had to survive the extreme temperatures going across the Indian Ocean to India. By the time it arrived in India, it was a very strong, highly hop beer, which is the model for IPAs today. So the little horror of hops, you get a lot of hop character. Um, but we're using rye instead of malted barley. Rye gives it a little spicy characteristic. And the name emanates from a couple years ago, the Maine Brewers Guild had a festival where everybody was charged with developing a beer named after a Bill Murray film. We chose the film Little Shop of Horrors. We proceeded to name the beer the Little Hop of Horrors and were quickly notified by the trademark holder of the film that that would be an infringement and we should stop. So we just reworded it to the little horror of hops. But it gives you a great story. It's a great story, and it's a perfect brand for this time of year with Halloween coming up. Absolutely. So, and we also feel like it doesn't cannibalize or compete with our pumpkin beer. It's a completely different style. It's a rye IPA. The IPA drinker is a very different consumer than the pumpkin drinker. I should say that the pumpkin head, when we look at the color, it's almost a, uh, I would say, a deep uh, gold color. And when you look at the... Little, I've got to say that correctly, little horror of hops, it's certainly deeper and darker, almost slightly amber. Well, you get that color from the rye, and you should get a little bit of dryness in the back, and that is also not just the hops, the rye also creates that as well. All right, so we'll say cheers, and we'll, there we go. Cheers to the rye IPA. Got to get that clink, that's our tradition on the show. Definitely more tang, if you will, on the back. A little bit more hoppiness, but not overpowering. Still very pleasant. But a lingering dryness. Yep. Yeah. And that is, uh, hopefully it makes you thirsty for another sip. It keeps coming back for more. 
But yeah, it's a it's a dry beer. And like I said, that's both the rye and the hops that lead to that. But I got a very nice little tanginess and a little bit of a kick at the very back of the palate from that rye. That's the rye, precisely. Mm-hmm. You've got a good palate, Dave. Plus from all these years of smoking cigars. Smoking cigars, sampling libations, craft beers, uh, uh, Tennessee whiskey, scotch. Absolutely, that's part of it. And again, I'm taking all these for the team, Bruce. Someone has to do it. All right, now next we're going to move to number seven, which is the Sea Dog Brewer's Choice Fireberry Ice Beer. So this is an interesting project, and in fact, uh, I'm hoping that a lot of your listeners who know you from uh, Tampa can make it to our Clearwater Brewery because this was the um, the, uh, R&D center for this product, first brewed down in Clearwater, and then we started brewing up here in Maine. What we've done is we've substituted tea uh, for the hops. Now, it's not just tea like your grandmother's tea, like Earl Grey, Orange Pico. This tea is a, a proprietary blend that's been created by our partners at the Tiesta Tea Company in Chicago, Illinois. It is a blend of um, yerba mate, rooibos, hibiscus, cranberry leaves, um, orange peel, blackberry leaves. Um, it is a tea that has it's been, um, uh, it's been formulated to give you energy, good health, and immunity. And so the amount of tea you would use in a pot of tea tea at home is the exact same amount of tea we're using to make this beer. So you actually will get those benefits by drinking this beer. And I'm so used to saying iced tea that I call it Fireberry Ice Beer when it's Fireberry Tea Beer. So we will say cheers here. Cheers to Fireberry. There you go. Mm. Right off the bat, I could smell the berry notes right on the nose. And again, this has a dark reddish, almost a very, really a dark, I would say a rosado color. I'll take another sip. Wow, that, you could drink this all day. Yeah, it's interesting. The color comes from, uh, I forgot to mention, rose hips, Mm. uh, dried cranberry and blackberry leaves. So you get that magenta, almost like a deep red color. Um, And again, Dave, you've got a good palate, a good nose. All that fruit comes out right up front and then it finishes with, with that tea on the back. And the thing about tea is there's tannin in tea, as there is in wine, which substitutes that bitterness in the hops, because you need a balance with all the sweetness from the malt, and the tannin in tea provides the balance from the, in the beer. But a li- you definitely taste the berry. You can definitely taste the tea. A little bit of subtle sweetness, not overpowering hoppiness. Very pleasant, and I cannot believe that that was developed right across from where I live in Tampa at your Clearwater Brew Pub. Indeed. Kudos to our brewer, Bobby Baker, down there, but also a shout-out to our partners in Chicago, Tiesta Tea. You can find their tea in most grocery stores across America. They do loose-leaf tea, the kind you put in a little pouch and boil it at home, and all their teas have a physiological or health benefit to them, whether it's energy, immunity, drowsiness, and so we're really happy to partner with them because at the end of the day, this blend of tea, which actually makes the beer, comes from tea experts, not from us. We're beer experts. And then you just infuse it during the brewing process? After we go through the boil, we put it in large bags and we do what's called dry hopping, but in this case it's dry tea. You actually take the tea blend, tie it up in a mesh bag, put it at the bottom of the fermentation vessel, and just let it sit there and soak. Just like a tea bag. Just right. a giant tea bag. Exactly. Now, let me ask you, on the pumpkin head, we know that's available nationwide. Yep. Okay, and the next beer, the Little Whore of Hop Seasonal Rye IPA? Pumpkinhead is definitely year, uh, uh, excuse me, not year-round. It's only three months of the year. Across the country. But it is cross-country. The Little Whore of Hops, a little more spotty than that here in New England for sure. 
and the uh, tea berry will be released in the spring of 2017. So this isn't even released yet? No, nope, this is still in the R&D process. I'm sorry, Fireberry. Uh, yeah, so we'll see that hopefully in package by April of next year. All right, well, I'm telling you, Lieutenants, the Sea Dog Brewery uh, Fireberry Tea Beer that will be available next year that we're sampling now six months ahead, I will guarantee when you taste this, you will absolutely love it, and it will go fabulous. Perfect time to release it. Spring gets warmer. You want something cool and refreshing, a little bit light. The Sea Dog Brewers Choice Fireberry Tea Beer will be perfect. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliffe, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. But now, you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now, there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Searching General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. So, Bruce Horsley of Shipyard Brewing, you have brought me into your incredible tasting room. Lastly, we're going to go to something certainly very dark, and this one is number 14. This is the Shipyard's Coffee Porter, and as I look at it, you could definitely tell that this has some sort of coffee involved. This could be a great cigar beer, no? I think just the aroma, 
is off the, I mean, off the charts on this thing. So instead of just like adding coffee flavoring or coffee concentrate, we actually brew the coffee, roast it nearby in Falmouth, Maine, and pour the coffee into the beer, which reduces the alcohol a little bit because it gets diluted, so it's only at 4.4%. Here we go, right here, Costa Rican beans. And again, this is a local Maine uh, roaster. A roasting company called Adventurous Joe Coffee, um, and uh, trying to collaborate again, as we did with the uh, Tiesta Tea people, we're collaborating with a coffee expert. John Conley owns Adventurous Joe. He sources the beans, he grinds them, and we just brew the coffee and blend it into the beer. So you, you brew the coffee, goes into the beer, dilutes the alcohol content just a little bit, and this is a porter style, so it's definitely going to be a part of your beer. Porters are darker, they're traditionally more alcoholic, but in this case it's not because of the dilution of the coffee. But when you drink this beer, you, see, you, you look at it and you see the richness and darkness of the malt, but when you taste it, that fresh brewed coffee just comes right on through. Fantastic. This would be great in the morning, wouldn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> you get the caffeine kick and you get a little bit of that alcohol kick as well. So we'll say cheers, take a sip. Mmm. Wow. Off the charts. Yeah. You get beer, you get coffee, but one doesn't overpower the other. Very, very impressive. And I'm sure, though, Bruce, there are some diehard beer, I guess you could call them beer connoisseurs or beer geeks that say you can't do anything to change the true flavor of the beer. But I think today's co a consumer connoisseur wants unique flavors and unique tastes. There's no right or wrong. I, I think you're right. The, I, I call it the mouse that roared. The, the beer snobs that poo-poo. Uh, the use of any of these ingredients we've talked about. But that's the minority. I think you're absolutely right. Most people into the craft category today, they want to explore. There are no boundaries. Let's try it all. And uh, obviously by introducing tea and fresh coffee, um, and any of the, we also have a blueberry beer, raspberry beer, apricot. Um, hey, beer is fun, right? Well, it should be, and, and when you think about it, whether it's a cigar, it's beer, it's a, a bourbon, or it's uh, ribs or steak, it shouldn't fight you on the way down. You should enjoy the experience. So one thing we didn't get a chance to try was some of the uh, smash pumpkin that was aging in bourbon barrels. Um, but you are lucky enough to be one of the only two people besides me who have tried the distilled pumpkin head white lightning at 135 proof. I'm surprised we're still standing after taking tasting that. That was off the charts. And then two years from now, we'll see that in source. We're going to age that in wood for a couple of years and release it to the market. But um, I'm happy that you were able to here to enjoy a unique experience with us. Now, let me ask you this. After they are all bottled two years from now, uh, are they going to be stored in the back of file cabinets throughout uh, Shipyard Brewing here? I think what uh, our facilities manager was saying, that he's not supposed to have that in his office. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of, uh, what was it, uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show, Lou Grant, when he would go to his desk and pull a bottle of booze right from the bottom. It was the exact same thing. And let me ask you now, in terms of national distribution, tell us which, aside from the pumpkin head, what beers people can find from Shipyard throughout most of the country. Uh, our Sea Dog Blueberry Ale has got national distribution on the Sea Dog side. Over on the shipyard side, you can look for Export Ale, uh, Island Time IPA, Monkey Fist IPA, and our Seasonals. Uh, we have a summer beer, our Pumpkin Head. We're going to be releasing a chocolate milk stout in the, um, in the winter, and then we always follow that up in the spring uh, with a red IPA or a blood orange. So, yes, Seasonals, Export, Monkey Fist, Island Time, and Sea Dog Blueberry. We didn't get a chance to talk about Sea Dog, so let's do that now. That's also a line that you brew. How does that differ from the Shipyard line of beers? 
Well, it's a company we bought about 14 years ago. They have a number of pubs, and uh, the, the platform is really built around fruit-flavored beers. Uh, we've got the blueberry, apricot, raspberry, hazelnut porter, and most recently, as you described earlier, our fireberry tea beer. Well, I'll tell you, the, between the tour and the tasting, Bruce, it has been an absolute delight. I appreciate the kind hospitality. And next time you come down to your brew pub down in Clearwater, you better give me a call. We'll have a cigar, we'll have some libations, and we'll throw a tomahawk steak on the grill. Boy, Dave, that's awful <laughs> inviting. I appreciate the invite, and I uh, enjoyed having you here and enjoyed having a couple beers with you, and thanks for your time. And one thing, though, we do have a rule that if you come down to Florida between the months of December and March, keep your boots and your, uh, your big parkas up here in Maine. We don't need them down in Florida. Can I bring my golf clubs? Bring the golf clubs. And we have golf clubs if you need, just in case. Not a problem. All right, lieutenants, uh, that has been an absolute delight from the Shipyard uh, Brewery here in Portland, Maine. We've had the chance to sample some incredible beers. I'll tell you what, as I said, two things to be on the lookout for. Number one is that Sea Dog Brewers Choice Fireberry Tea Beer. And then they're going to have that special vodka that's going to come out that is from the derivative of the pumpkin head wheat ale. So be on the lookout for both of those. What an outstanding time having the pleasure of touring shipyard brewing up in Portland, Maine. And I've got to thank Bruce Forsley and the entire crew at Shipyard for their incredible hospitality. Look forward to heading up there again. And by the way, they have a seasonal release coming out there shipyard brewing chocolate milk stout that is off the chart should be available in a couple of months nice ale notes of roasted chocolate malt and dark chocolate sweetness got to get a hold of that lieutenant cigar oktoberfest continues throughout the month of october cigar day the general saying mayor jupiter always be full mayor cutter always be sharp mayor ashby extra extra long semper delictatio always pleasure Make America great again, long live the Alpha, and Donald, you better start preparing for the next debate.